Hey, it's Ricky Carmichael, and you're watching the Moto X-Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X-Pod Show. It's time for another Vital MX Moto X Pod Show, presented by Boyson and Race Tech. We have a couple great guests tonight, lots to talk about. First up, we definitely had some technical difficulties starting this thing off. New laptop, trying to get everything set up. Last minute, some audio things. We got it. Uh, but before we get into the Boyson intake discussion, let's introduce the guests in studio, Scotty Thompson. What's going on, Scotty? Oh, man, just, you know, watching you... Get this together. It was entertaining from my part. My mm, point of view. I'm sure it was. Yeah, <laughs> ML and I might get in a fist fight via satellite. Yeah, a satellite yeah. fist fight. Satellite fist fight. Uh, also on the phone, back in the states. Ultimately, I've decided on the sexton ship, and I am the capitan. Lewis Phillips, you're back. Hello. Are we going to get in a fist fight, or are we okay? We are besties. We will never get in a fist fight. Oh, besties now. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, well, that's a, that's a one-way thing, because my bestie is Chase Sexton, and my second bestie is Cullen Park, but you can take the third spot. I mean, I'm, I'm on the podium. That's better than uh, some of the listeners, YouTubers, commenters believe. Oh, Jamie, I, I once, like, it's like peaks and valleys. Once again, I just am at a loss with these people. <laughs> You just got to roll with it, man. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I've been getting messages about things. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I just don't know how to respond, so maybe I won't. What do you get messages about? Uh, usually it's stuff with from the Pulp Show about why do I put up with this or why, is, uh, why does Lewis hate you or... Did you uh, actually get DMs like that? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I got a, oh. I got a message well, from a guy that sat in studio that helped us out, a buddy that has helped us out with our show uh, like a, last year. And he was not happy that I hadn't asked him back on in a while. So he said something on Pulp, and that turned into something. It's, it's always something, Lewis. It's always something. Well, if people are messaging you about me hating you, then please don't suffer in silence. And please like, bring these to my attention. Well, it's usually not even DMs. It's just the Twitter comments or the, the Instagram responses. Have you not? Are you okay, Jamie? I'm you good, man. I'm perfect. Okay, I'm just, just worried about you. No, I'm good now that the show's going. I, I do not like things changing, and we keep changing things, and then I get stressed out because it's two minutes time to go, and we're still testing. I'm not good with well, that. I, I need to learn to be better at that. Well, I am impressed that I'm here because I was off, and then I was drafted back in. Well, um, yeah. I'm not sure how you fixed the issue, but... Uh, yeah, ML sent me a Zoom request and it worked. And then we sent, you sent another one and it worked the second time. So I'm not sure what the issue was, but we've had lots of changes. The show, the guest tonight, we're supposed to have, well, we are having Rockstar Energy Husqvarna's Malcolm Stewart. We were supposed to have Pro Circuit Kawasaki's Chris Blows. He had to cancel last minute. That was fun. Trying to get ready for that. But we got uh, Phoenix Honda's Cullen Park coming on. He, and we're going to have a little discussion about his favorite media person at some point when he's on. Well, that'll be me. That's not really going to be much of a discussion, but I, I don't. I don't know what happened because he and I, I thought we were tight over in Paris, and then I don't know why he picked you. I'm not sure what the, where the favoritism came from. Well, you know, you know how it goes when you are capitaning the sexton ship. Other people take notice. Lewis, did he cool side him? Who 
Jamie, did he call side Colin? Uh, no, I think Jamie's putting in his putting his best foot forward, but it's just <laughs> yeah. not being reciprocated. That's another <laughs> thing. I don't understand this whole uh, cool guy thing that everybody that's starting now. Like I keep cool guying people. Apparently, that's just <laughs> not anybody that knows me. know that's not the case. But let's move on just a little bit. This is the Boyson intake discussion. And Boyson's excited to spotlight Boyson's factory racing rider support program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. So join the community of Boyson factory flyers by visiting boyson.com and applying today. Um, first things first, before Detroit has come and gone, Lewis and Scotty, with really not much to talk about. Really not, not a whole lot happened in Detroit. And nothing happened. So what I want to get into first is, Lewis, you being back at the races and just how it felt, how the reception was. Uh, you know, did you make any new friends? Um, well, I, don't, like, I only missed four, which in hindsight wasn't that much. Like, I think I'm fairly on track with everyone else this year. Like, no one's done a full, uh, a full season, media-wise. So I think I'm fairly, I'm batting a good average. Uh, but yeah, I was back in Detroit for the first time since Tampa. Um, which when I put it that way, it does sound like quite a while. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a nice time. So it was good to see everyone again. And no coincidence that I return and suddenly Sexton wins with the best ride of his career. I mean, that's obviously not a coincidence. Um, gave him a little pep talk in the morning. It worked. Um, that pep talk will now cost money. So if he wants the same pep talk in Seattle, that is now 100 bucks per round. Um, but that's just business. That's just smart business, Jamie. And that's what I'm here to do. I like it. I need a rider that's willing to pay me a hundred dollars for a pep talk. I'm in. I'd be in on that. Do you want to know what? Do you want to know what the pep talk was? Tell me. He said. He said. Uh, he said something to me. I can't remember what he said. And I just went, "Yeah, I'm back now. So it's good vibes only. Don't worry about a thing. Good vibes only." And uh, didn't look like good vibes only, Jamie. It seemed to work. He even mentioned it in your post race with him uh, that yeah, he was glad you were back, and so that was must have made you feel good. But what about other riders? You told me that you know some other people. You know, we're glad you were back. You talked to some people, and you feel like uh, you're building those relationships. Yeah, I, feel, I was quite worried, to be honest, coming over to America, because um, obviously I like had GPs on lock, like, same way that you have America on lock, Jamie. Like, I, had all, I knew all the riders, everyone knew me, and um, no one really knew me here. But slowly, people are starting to recognize who I am and what I'm doing. So that is progress. I can only put it down to being associated with um, someone like yourself. That's probably true. We'll leave it at that. What do you think, Scotty? Uh, I'm taking people to new levels. I'm Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> well, let's actually get into the race a little bit and maybe the heartbreak of all heartbreaks. Aaron Plessinger, Scotty, a lap away from winning his first race, ends up 13th after the crash. I I honestly, I felt like no exaggeration. I felt sick to my stomach. I, I teared up. Like, oh, like, wow. like I didn't like cry, but like my eyes like got watery. Like That's crying. I mean, it's so sad, crying, dude. Right? Like AP's AP's the man. We've had him on the show. He's always been awesome, and like, and I just I've always rooted for him, and I know he could do it, and he was doing it. Yeah, it, and it's just like to see some crazy little thing, and I'm I'm just thankful he's okay because the way he tucked into that tabletop, that was he's that sh- I don't know what that was. That was scary looking. The way his neck compressed. I'm happy he got up. Hate to see that he didn't finish, and that was his man. So like. My question is, and I know we live in a realistic world where he didn't win and he's not going to get the bonus, but like, man, you got to cut him uh, some kind of check or something, man. I feel that's how it works. I know it's not how it works, but in my fantasy world that I have over here, I would love for him to see, get something out of it. Cause, dude, I mean, that was, if you ask anybody, he won that race. 
But he didn't. But he didn't. He may, but he, if you ask, but I know. I, my fan, just let me live in my fantasy world. Okay. A, AP1. Lewis, again, heartbreak. You were there. I'm sure you, I don't know if you really got a chance to talk to him or not, but just like, do you feel like that he gets another shot at this? Do you feel like there's another opportunity? That was the perfect opportunity for him. Yes, it was the perfect opportunity, but I guess the encouraging thing is he created that opportunity. If if he was in that position because five riders crashed in the first turn and someone else's bike broke, then you would go, okay, maybe um, lightning won't strike twice and he won't get that lucky again. But there was no luck involved in Detroit. He was the best rider. Um, I think he had the five best laps of the race. So like he was the best rider, the fastest rider, um, especially at the beginning, and that's when you've kind of got to go. He could rest on his laurels a little bit because he built that gap early on. Um, obviously, it was heartbreaking at the time. Everyone knows that. But in hindsight now, three days on, four days on, whatever we are, I think that he can only take the positives from it, which is that, okay, Aaron would always tell you that he was capable of doing that. Of course he would. If you put a lie detector test on him and said, are you capable of winning? He would have said yes, no doubt. But seeing is believing. And he, to bring Santa Claus into this, seeing is believing. And um, <laughs> Aaron has now seen that he can do it, which will make him believe that little bit more and should, in theory, unlock something on the mental side, which will cause this to happen again, I would think. So, yes, heartbreaking at the time. But now I think it's 100% positive what happened. And there is, it can only be a good thing for the future. And if you want proof of that, do you not think that Jason Anderson would have liked similar reassurance? Do you, do you not think Jason Anderson would have liked to have something happen where he could sit here now and go, you know what? I can win a race. Only Aaron has that. So that's, right. that's good. But seeing is believing is my line from this episode. If you want to use that for clickbait or whatever. Okay. Uh, Scotty, does this roll into Seattle where they're predicting 80% chance of rain Thursday, uh, 70 Friday and 30 on Saturday. So it could be conditions that suit Aaron anyway, mm -hmm. soft, ruddy, possibly muddy. Does this roll into a, po a podium for Aaron in Seattle? Keep in mind, we'll be doing the 60 picks of the week here in a little bit. So what do you think? I mean, I, I think it can. I mean, I would love to see a... I want to know, does it though? Not can it. Obviously it can. Well, does it? That's you can't say that because I okay. mean, like I, I say it doesn't. I, I'm saying no, he does not get on the podium this weekend. You know, not not. I thought you were talking about race wins, just not even on no, the podium. This going into Seattle, does it roll into Seattle? The momentum that he mm -hmm. created, uh, yeah, the momentum he created does, but it, that that doesn't really mean anything because everybody can have momentum coming into this race, and you know we've seen Roxon got a race, wasn't expecting that. You know, Anderson's been up there in heat races and in triple crown mains, and he's shown that he can do it, but it just hasn't happened. Barsha caught the leader last week. This week he fell back. You know, anybody can be in there at any given time, and you just it's just so hard to predict. Okay. Lewis, does it roll into a podium in Seattle? Well, you talk about the conditions in Seattle. Um, I'm quite offended that you didn't throw it to me because I'm literally sat in Seattle right now. So do you want a rundown? I do. What is the, what, okay. what? Look out the window and tell me what it's going to do. Right now, it's clear blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. Um, for tomorrow and Friday, rain is forecast. But on Monday and Tuesday, rain was also forecast and it never came. So although the forecast looks bleak for Thursday and Friday... It's not 100% that it will arrive. And most importantly, um, Saturday is sunny with no rain, which and which means that 
no matter what happens Thursday and Friday, the track will be salvaged. Because as we've seen many, many times, as long as it doesn't rain during the event, we're fine. That's true. I, I had seen that there was a, a 30% chance of rain, so maybe that's changed. And maybe it will. That'd be great. But either way, I don't think it – I just don't think it rolls into a podium for him coming up. I do think he will get a win at some point. Uh, and he was the best day guy, one of the best guys of the day in Detroit, Lewis. I mean, he uh, – I, I forget where he qualified, but he, he was fast. In the heat race, he was challenging Chase for a little bit. Um, just he, he blew by AC in the whoops in the main and went right around the outside. The guy was good. That was definitely his best ride of his career on a 450. Yeah, I would like to know where it came from because yeah. he was kind of invisible for the three rounds before, four rounds before. He wasn't really doing anything that was noteworthy. Um, and then suddenly he's better than anyone. So there must have been something that changed. I would, like We were talking about conditions. I don't think that D- Detroit's conditions were anything that would necessarily favor Plessinger, which, again, is a massive positive to take moving forward. Um, yeah, I'd like to know where it came from. I would presume a bike setup change happened. Um, or maybe it was just as simple as he got a good start, and when you get a good start, good things happen. Um, maybe it's as simple as that. It could be. He was definitely looking good all day. So I do hope it continues. We could have very easily had our fifth winner of the year. I think we're like that could have been five. And I still think Barsh is very close to, to uh, he's a guy that could win one this year. Do you, th- do you think we'll get another winner this year? Uh, Lewis? I mean, we got a, what, uh, s- how many races left? Six, seven, S- seven races left. Do you think we get one or two more four fifty winners? Yeah, we'll get one more. One um, more. I would I would bet on Barsha right now with mm-hmm. Messenger second after Detroit. Okay. Barsha's uh, good. Yeah, Barsha's very good. He he looked good in Detroit. The, uh, that that battle behind AP was exciting. That was a hell of a race to watch. It was awesome. Um this our other presenting sponsor Race Tech wants to tell you about their service centers. You guys can get if you guys want to get your uh, suspension serviced Hit up racetech.com, find your local Racetech service center, and you can find a tech that probably rides at your local track, is in the area, help you out. You go meet the guy, talk to him, get to know him, trust him. Uh, This week's service center is MRP Suspension in Ohio. You'll find Chris Maynard from MRP Trackside nearly every weekend. He's the suspension tuner of choice for Matt Burkeen in his two-stroke assault on pro motocross and races everywhere. MRP Suspension in Ohio the Racetech Service Center of the Week. Again, check out Racetech.com to find your local service center. Uh, Lewis, so our winner, your guy, Sexton Ship, Chase Sexton, perfect night, fastest qualifier, one is heat, one is main, but he's still 17 points down after the seven-point penalty, which I want to get to in a minute. What should Chase's mentality be going forward? Is it a win at all cost, or is it let's be smart, let's be consistent, Build those points back up as best we can, and you know maybe with two or three left, we're like we got to win. Um, well, I am completely unbiased, so <laughs> I will say this. Who else will see it? If he rides shit, I'll say he rides shit. I don't uh, give a damn. Um, so if he finished fourth in Detroit, I would say he's out of this thing. But with Detroit going so well, that I think that means the seventeen point gap means nothing because crucially, as we've just talked about. Basha, Plessinger, Anderson, Roxham can get in there and mix things up. So if Chase can replicate what he did in Detroit, technically those 17 points shouldn't be an issue. Um, obviously, he has to not crash, which has been a problem in previous weeks. But I also expect, the, I would be very disappointed 
if the crashing returns because Detroit should have taught him but he can ride well within his means and get the job done. And I think that's why he rode so well. He started behind the top guys. I think he could take stock of the situation and go, oh, look at that. They're in front of me. I'm kind of cruising or going at a comfortable speed and I'm gaining and I'm, they're not pulling away. So technically, this means I don't need to ride over my head and I can just let this thing come to me, which is what he did. So technically, no matter what happens in Seattle, whether he holds shots or starts seven, he should have the same mindset and Detroit should give him comfort moving forward, which will only help him take another step forward in his career. That's what I would say to him if I was in the truck in his corner. Maybe that will be Saturday's motivational speech. <laughs> if, he pays, if he brings $100 cash. Yeah, Scott, Scotty, what do you think about Chase's mentality? What should it be if it was you? What do you think he should do going forward? Uh, that penalty really that, – that seven-point penalty, it's kind of big. Yeah, I just it's unfortunate to see because it's like he finally – Gets the the one thing that's just been eluding him, you know. Which the, is what? Well, another win, another win. Okay, okay. You, uh, I'm just laughing. At how you. is that? The one thing he's been eluding him is another win. Well, that's what eluding is eluding everybody every week is another win. Uh, do you even want me? Uh, do you even want my opinion? Yes, I do. I just, okay, I just like making fun. All of right, you. all right. For, for, so I I think that it's just so tough for him to. He finally gets what he's is what he needs yep. and then it gets kind of almost gets ripped away from him in a sense with the points because it it almost was for nothing in a way but at the same time like you know he he got the race win i think his mentality is yeah it's it's time to go for it he knows he has the speed i think a lot of his mishaps come from when he does try to back it down a little bit mm. so i noticed that this race being in the poor start that he was in eighth he all he was charge 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 pass 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 and you know having I think having the carrot in front of him is a big thing for him. So now that that points lead is it's not of a, a conservation of keep it close. It's I'm back. I've got to go. I think that benefits him. I'm I'm sure not everybody thinks that way, but I think that he has to go for it, and that will help him in his racecraft. Lewis, he has been the best guy almost every week. Like if you, we take away the little. Preach. What's that? The, yeah, I Preach. said that, I said that like three weeks ago, and you argued with me. Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, but when you look at the fastest qualifier and, and how good he's been, and he in Detroit, you just said I think he started like eighth, and he came from back to to end up winning the race. He had to pass all those other best guys, mm -hmm. and he keeps doing that. But unfortunately, continuously, he's made mistakes or had problems, Lewis. This weekend he did not. If he could figure that out, yeah, he he could easily make this points gap back up. And even if he doesn't win, win the championship, he's going to look back and say, "Man, it really was my championship that I kind of threw away." Yeah, but um, Eli and Cooper could look at it the same way. Fair because enough. He, if Eli doesn't win this thing, he can look back and go, "I had the red plate for nine rounds. How, how didn't I get this thing done?" If Cooper loses this thing. He can look back and go, I had the red plate in the middle of the season. Why didn't I execute? So it's so close that any of those three guys can have the same mentality on that front. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, what do you think about the penalty? How do you feel about it? Uh, the Red Cross flag. Like, I look back at it, and I watched it again today. And, I mean, yeah, the, the, red, the red lights were definitely going off on top of the takeoff. It, seven points is a lot, but, I, I mean, he broke the rule. Yeah, um, I guess the biggest thing that needs clarification is why were there red lights on the double? Um, the rule book will say that 
basically the red lights were on because the double counts as a triple. But then why does why does the double count as a triple? Um, that's the thing that needs clarification. I, I I sympathize with Chase because he was at the front of that gaggle of guys, so he was the one who had to make the decision. If he was behind Webb. Webb would have been the one that had to make that decision. And if Webb had rolled, you can bet Sexton would have rolled. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sympathize with anyone who's at the front and has to be the leader of a pack and make that decision without influence from other guys. Because I've seen, I said it the same when people were like, oh, well, um, I think Webb was behind Sexton. And everyone was like, well, Webb, Tomac and Barsha rolled. And it's like, well, no, Tomac and Barsha only rolled because Webb did. Because Webb then set the tone for the other guys. So they didn't have to think about it. Yeah. so like, I sympathize in that respect because in any walk of life, when you've got to be the one to make the call on what you do, um, it's difficult. But at the same time, the lights were flashing. So maybe he should have erred on the side of caution and rolled it. But I think seven points was too harsh. I don't think the red light should have been on. Um, Dean was up. Um, so yeah, I don't think, do I think it was right? No, but do I think it was right that Chase jumped it? No. So like, it's just, there's a lot of no's there. Right. Mm-hmm. And Scotty, Craig Martin called me yesterday cause he had, a, he had called into pulp show and they kind of cut him off cause the signal was bad or something. And he was trying to make this point. He said, uh, there's no way that Chase could be sure that someone wasn't down on the backside of that double where the red light was going off. So had there been somebody there, he doesn't know there's not, and he jumps it, then he could obviously land on them or hurt them. So that's where the issue is. Even whether the red light should have been on or not, it was. So you have to be cautious and not jump it because you don't know what's back there. And that's not a bad point. He's right. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, like, these guys, you know, Chase was had just passed four or five, six people, was working on catching the leader. He's in the zone. He's in a championship. There's no, there's no time to look at it in the scope that we're looking at it right no, now. No, you have to know what the red flat, the red light means. Well, yeah, but you're saying that he, he he was being safe by jumping it. No, I'm saying he shouldn't have jumped it to be safe. When he sees, he, he probably didn't see the red light. That's why he jumped it. But if he should have seen the red light and not jumped it because he doesn't know what's coming. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you you got to follow the rules, but at the same time, like it's happening so fast. You know, hindsight's tw- always twenty twenty. So, right. You know, yeah. He, the other guys, like to Lewis's point, is yeah. The other guys saw it because the other guys saw it, and then they saw Cooper roll, and then yeah, of course they're going to roll. But you know, Chase just might have just been one of that split second hair things where he even I think he even said that he got to the point where he's like, I can't let it off now, or I'm just yeah, gonna, he did. I'm just going to die. So. Right. I mean, it it is what it is. I thought seven was steep. I thought maybe I like the idea of seconds being taken off. That probably would have put him back to maybe like third, where he only loses a couple of points and not the, well, the seven that he lost. They, they, I think they do it, Lewis. Don't they do it by they figure out how many seconds back he would have been for not, and then they add yeah. two points to like they, they whatever position that was. That's what the points they take away, and then they add two points or take away two two more points on top. No, I think uh, I think the rule is two positions worth of points plus two points. Okay. Well, I want to get our next. Um, but, oh, go ahead. Oh, we got a guest online. Uh, I want to get his thoughts on this in a second. But uh, Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Also new for 23 are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for Tulare and Super 73. And covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com for all the options. Tonight, Guts the Racing brings us from the Rockstar Husqvarna team, Malcolm Stewart. What's up, Mookie? 
Hey, what's going on? Not much. How you doing, man? Uh, hanging in there, hanging in there. Um, just been cruising, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, how you feeling? Uh, how's the knee recovery going? It's been going really good, actually. Um, really just been doing for going at least uh, three, four days a week. Um, and as far as that, it's just taking the process, man. It's um, it's a real, it's a lot to take in. I always, you know, try to tell people, I'm like, it's not easy. You going, you know, I just remember like walking in the hospital next year, I'm getting wheeled out of there. You know, <laughs> it's just like, it's all the little stuff that you, you take life for granted. And um, kind of, it's almost like a, a little reset button. And so you kind of just have these little short term goals and, and just kind of keep working from there. So that's, that's pretty much been my, my whole deal, but yeah, it's, um, it's, I guess I'd say it's, it's, it's not fun, but now I'm starting to kind of finally get now we're, you know, we're five weeks in now. So it's starting to be some, some light at the end of this tunnel. That's good to hear. And I, I got more questions I want to ask you about recovery mm-hmm. and your plans, but we were just talking about the race this weekend. I'm sure you watched it. What do you think of the penalty for Chase Sexton jumping on the Red Cross? Uh, what were your thoughts on that as a racer? Um, I mean, I honestly wasn't really paying attention more of that. <laughs> I was more focused on AP <laughs> trying to bring that thing home. But um, I mean, I didn't. I don't. I didn't really actually get too much of a. I didn't really pay attention when I saw. I didn't really see where he went wrong. But mm-hmm. then. I didn't really see any replays. I don't know any, anything after the race anyway, because I was kind of bummed out after AP fell on the last lap. So I just turned the TV off. Oh yeah. So well, I don't blame you. So what yeah, happened? So, um, what but, happened was, yeah, the- as far as that, I really don't have too much of a comment on that. Okay. Um, again, like I said, I, I remember seeing him up front, but I didn't really see anything that I saw out of, out of place. But again, it, you know, I also wasn't really, too detailed trying to watch that part, yeah no sweat no sweat go ahead lewis are you um are you a guy who can actually watch the races while you're injured or does it is it tough for you to do just mentally well i mean as far as just like what what do i do just watching the race what do you mean well like when you when you're injured and you watch the races like is it hard for you to accept that you're not out there do you just kind of kick yourself the whole time thinking like oh, oh yeah saturday, saturday nights are the worst nights for me out of the week <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i mean it's it's tough but at the same time like i always could say like you know things could be worse and and so i again i i and the first in the beginning of course when it first happened to me and i didn't race anaheim too um you know that really kind of ate me up more alive and it, it just is more just accepting that you know we have to run through these steps and um, I guess it was that that was my biggest battle was just accepting that like, you know, the whole supercross season is done, you know, just accepting that and and of course watching the guys on the weekends and stuff like that is you're sitting on a the sideline, there's nothing I can do about it. So yeah, it, it, it does bum you out a little bit, but like I, I guess I can say like I'm past that stage now. So I'm more of just like just when I watch the race, if anything, I'm just learning for what I can do when I come back to racing. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I look at it at this point. It's not like, Oh man, I, I, I know I can beat this guy or beat that guy. Like that part of me is already gone. It's more like just watching those guys and learning, you know, the mistakes and the, the how these guys race and the stuff like that. So, um, so it's anything is more information for me. So whenever I come back racing and I'll be ready to go. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of what you have to do. But it's kind of funny. My question that I, one of the first ones that I had for you was with the speed that you showed last season and early into this season, and then seeing the way things have kind of unfolded where, you know, Tomac will have a whack race of outside the top five. Chase has been throwing away some wins and Cooper's just kind of been there. If you, if you did have to, where would you put yourself into the mix at this point, showing with the speed that you had? Uh, I mean, of course, basing off of, you know, everything I've run last year, there's no doubt that I would be running in the top three, you know. Um, it's just it's just a matter of you guys know how racing goes. So all, everything's got to, you know, come into play. And, you know, we're at what, I mean, obviously 10 rounds deep now or so, and you can see how quick things can change and, and li- literally with one lap to go. So um, it's just about being in a race. I think Cooper you know, of course he hasn't been necessarily the fastest guy for the last few rounds, but he's been the most consistent guy of, of being there. And that's kind of like, I just kind of look at him like kind of like that was kind of like me last year, you know, just being just in the race the entire time. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to compare the apples to apples. There's a reason why Cooper's a two time champion. So, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just about learning, and and that's kind of where I'm at at this stage. I'm just just watching these guys and just learning how how things could be. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been a it's interesting race, and, and watching some of the guys that should be up there are not up there. So it's yeah. it's definitely a weird a weird year. You know, just to kind of follow that up, who you know you're saying watching and learning from them. Who, if you were in that position, who would you be the most fearful of? Would you be scared of? Cooper or Tomac or Chase at this point? I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I don't know. I race these guys all, I guess it's the ego thing. So uh, <laughs> I guess I can't say I ain't scared of any of those guys. But um, I always say, like, you know, I always will give somebody that, you know, Coop's always going to be a guy. He's going to be there um, at the tail end no matter what. Um, Chase is probably one of the most, one of the fastest guys by far hands down on the racetrack um every weekend he proves that by being the fastest qualifier stuff like that so as far as raw speed he's definitely up there um anderson's a mystery man we don't really know exactly how how he is this depends on how he ends up and how his night starts for him and eli's probably the biggest mystery because there's times where he'll show up and he can blow everybody's doors off and there's times where he can just kind of not feel it or some things don't go his way and he can get fifth or you know or back so um again it's it's definitely a different guy for him a little bit i could see um from from this year to last year but you know i guess anderson's kind of you know having the same issues as well so Again, it's it's man, it's racing. You know, we don't. Nobody knows exactly what's happening in inside that inside that tent. You know, um, so we we all go through face face issues. But I guess when you're looking at it from a rider's perspective, like you can kind of relate and see. You know, if this guy is holding on tight, if they're having arm pump and stuff like that, because um, you know, certain riders you just know that don't fade. You know, or mm-hmm. or or just you wouldn't think have these problems. So of course it it could be. Any injury prone sickness or you know not just comfortable with the bike or just struggling with you know with the track so i mean when we're at this stage of this in our career you know we there's so many things that still surprises us um it's not you know we're always not going to be the fastest guy every weekend and that you know I, I guess that's what makes us racers you know it's 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 always interesting definitely definitely is and you're know, speaking of being the fastest i mean people may forget you led a1 for a little bit uh, you were 
definitely on board for a podium uh, before the, uh, the the mishap at A1, and then you had another crash at A2. But speed-wise and comfort-wise, coming into the season, I feel like you were the best you've ever been almost on a 450. Uh, you, you had the two-year contract, which I know really took a big weight off your shoulders a couple years ago. So I feel like you were really just at your prime coming into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I was, <clears throat> I was definitely coming in, um, not necessarily with a chip on my shoulder, but just kind of leaving where I left off, you know, um, just wanted to take things, you know, nice and easy. And I, I'll never forget Anaheim one. I was leaving and, uh, I, for some reason I was like, man, I have arm pump right now. <laughs> and I was like, I, I've had arm pump before. And I, it's just all those little details. You're just like, man, I like grab an arm pump before halfway. This sucks, you know, but I think a lot to do is because of the way the track was, it was pretty sticky and nasty. So everybody was kind of struggling and it's Anaheim one, right? You know, it's, it's your very first race. So all the training you've done pretty much from October and so on is now it's here, you know? So, um, but it was, it was, I, I always said as when I had that crash at A1, it was kind of like, dang, like that sucked, you know, um, the crash were basically two laps ago. And then, you know, we go to San Diego and have one of the best rides of my life in a heat race. And then we make a small mistake in the main event. It's like, dude, like, come on now. Like what, what is, what is going on? And then, you know, the next week, you know, we have a crash from Tuesday and, and mess my knee up. So it's like, it felt like it was a black cloud, you know, covering me. And, and I, I, you know, I sometimes always just say, you know, um, God has a plan and maybe that was, maybe this was the issue, you know? Uh, so who knows? But, um, I always just, you know, again, I always try to say like, it could be worse, you know, I, I could, you know, be in a way worse situation than this, but, um, unfortunately when that situation did happen for me, when I found out about the information about my knee, um, around that same time and around a few hours later, my teammate, um, on the 250 class, Julie Swole got injured and, and it sounds in a weird way. It sounds super messed up, but I kind of felt a little relieved because I hit, I felt his pain because I couldn't imagine how he felt and he didn't even get a chance to line up on the gate to show anything. So I would, it kind of almost like, it was like kind of like kick yourself. It was like, man, like at least you had this, at least you got to see something, right? I got, at least mm -hmm. I won a heat race. At least I was the fastest qualifier. I got to lead some laps. There's some type of positivity that I can take out for the short amount of time I was dealt with versus a guy like him that's been training for four months, you know, and didn't even get a chance to line up on the gate. So like, I couldn't imagine how he felt, you know what I mean? So that's why I was like, you know what, it's, it's, it's part of racing. This is, you know, this is what we do for a living and we love every bit of it. But, um, sometimes like those reality sets kick in and, and you, you know, you take those little moments for granted. Yeah. That's a good, good outlook on it. Um, what actually happened in your practice crash for messed up your knee? Like, I don't think I've actually heard it from your side. So can you um, walk us through it a little bit? Yeah. Um, so for me, I mean, it was um, it was typical on a Tuesday just at the KTM track, um, just, you know, just doing laps. And I, I come over this little – it's like a little hip double and really, really slow, you know, kind of like one of those ones you kind of like just sit down, like, you know, like I always try to play, explain like a hip jump. I don't really know how to um, do the best, but – your legs propped out, you know, you kind of load the bike. And as soon as I landed, I washed the front end out and, um, it just, my leg got stuck under the bike somehow and it just wrapped up. And when it first happened, I was like, you know, like, man, that really, really hurt. 
And uh, I was like, huh, you know, like that was, that was kind of weird. And when I went to go get back on the bike, that's when I was like, okay, like this something doesn't really necessarily feel right. So I pulled off the track and it's when I went to go put my bike on the stand and that kind of like that twist to put it on the stand. That's when I felt like something was really like not connected in the knee, mm. like that dislocating feel. Um, and I was like, okay, there's, there's something going on here, but, um, yeah, it, I mean, it was that crash and it was kind of funny because not, it's, it's funny now. I, I guess <laughs> I can laugh about it, but as soon as I got up and rode off the track, like literally a lap later, RJ crashes in the exact same turn. <laughs> so I was like, that turn was just biting everybody, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those jumps that you know it, it was really slow. Just you know, I mean, nothing was nothing was out of ordinary. wasn't riding wasn't riding over my head. I was actually riding really really good. Just like I said, I just put my put everything behind me. What happened on the weekend and just went you know focus forward and boom, typical you know so. I've had thousands. I couldn't tell you how many millions of crashes I've had like that. But you are, you guys already know it's it's all about how it happens and and things like that. I I just think my my foot got stuck up under the bike and somehow I twisted and and that's when it happened. Um, like you were saying, the first two rounds were obviously very positive for you from a speed perspective, but the results didn't match up to that. So I'm guessing going into that week before a two, you were kind you kind of had your mind set on redemption. And obviously, you haven't had a chance to get that redemption. So, did that make the injury even tougher to swallow? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, um, it's just like, you know, we were so close to Anaheim one, and then the heat race, we set ourselves up. You couldn't set up yourself up any better situation for going in the main event, and then we, you know, that you know happens, and it's like, um, man, like this is like, what what is going on? Like, what am I what am I doing wrong? And um and it's it's i guess i wasn't overthinking it but i remember like going into like i remember leaving saturday night you know leaving from san diego and it was like as soon as i got home i, I like completely forgot about what was going on what happened that night you know and it was like just a reset button don't worry about it you know come from there but um you know i guess that i felt like that little bit of redemption was between like anaheim to san diego but we were originally supposed to go to Oakland and they canceled Oakland. So it was kind of like, I felt like it was like another week prolonging of like that redemption, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, once I kind of won that heat race and, and then I was fastest qualifier, I, I kind of like relieved a lot. And then, you know, but, and then again, like there was some type of positivity that I left from that night. Now, I guess it would be worse if I didn't do any, any of that and then crash on a Tuesday. And, and that would have, that would have hurt, you know? So, but, Again, I mean, what can I say? I, I the most positive way I can truly look at this was, I I left where I know I still had speed. I've you know I still got it. Um, again, the results. If you're looking on the paper, it's not there for sure, hands down. And and all my bosses, that's what they they look at. But I believe a lot of my team and stuff. They believe and they see a lot of things in me. So. Um, anybody knows who I came into this year, you, you know, you can't say that, you know, I didn't leave, try to leave off where I left, you know, or leave where I left off last year. So as far as all that, it's it's there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Malcolm Stewart tonight brought to you by Guts Racing. Uh, hey, Malcolm. So there's been a lot of comparisons between the Lawrence brothers and between what you and James had. 
what I just wanted to see what you thought the narrative would be if you and James had been a little bit closer in age and what would you have liked to have more? And obviously would you have liked to have more races with James? Um, no, I, I mean, you know, I guess, I mean, we did share some races and stuff like that, but, um, I honestly think like if we were closer, we'd probably been fighting each other more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I never really looked at it like that, to be honest. I, I guess I was, I'm always been a little brother and we we're seven years apart. So, um, yeah, I mean, I never, I never, I guess I would say if my brother was in his, when he was in his prime and I was close, I, I probably wouldn't even be able to hold a candle to him. So, um, you know, just different eras, but yeah, it's, it's cool to have your brother, you know, when you're racing, you know, with your brother, like the Lawrence brothers, I have nothing but pure respect for those guys. I think it's awesome. You know, the, that two brothers out there dominating like that. I think that's cool. It's good for the sport. Um, and of course there's, it just shows that there's a lot of other, you know, families and brothers and stuff like that. that can come up and do the exact same thing. So, um, you know, of course we see the Hill brothers doing it. Um, you know, me and my brother did it at, at certain races and stuff. So it's, I think it's just cool, like just a brotherhood thing that it's just a mutual respect. Hey, I want to ask you, you talked about the team kind of knowing what you had, even though it does, you hadn't shown it on paper completely. Has there been any, been any talks of a contract extension or has there been any, has there been a contract extension? Can you tell us what the plan is that you know of? Yeah, I mean, of course, um, there's always talks and stuff like that. Um, obviously, nothing's nothing's done uh, at this moment, but um, you know, we're still pretty early in the stage of 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 that. So hmm. usually, that talk doesn't necessarily. I, I mean, we've had these talks, but as far as anything uh, signing paper or anything like that, it hasn't necessarily came up yet. But um, yeah, it's 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 of course it's in the works, but. Um, I guess I really can't really say too much about that, but there, there is talks about That's it. That's fair. Yes. Uh, how do you, what's the recovery time on this surgery? Do you know when you'll be back on a bike approximately? Honestly, I mean, of course I know with a typical ACL and stuff like that, you're, you're dealing with six months. Um, you know, occasionally that's, that's kind of like the, the rule of thumb, but, um, I, I really, I don't, no, because I've done a little bit more on on this thing, mm. um, but it, it really just depends on how the recovery process goes. Um, on my side, I'm doing everything I can to to try to hurry up and get back, but it's I, it, their their knees, man. I, yeah, <laughs> I, sure. I never done one before, so I'm <laughs> I'm already having a hard time just uh, trying to walk right now. So um, once I kind of get the ball rolling, it's uh, I should have a little bit more of a a time, but I guess right now we're, 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 we're shooting for a, a six month process, okay. but who, who, who's to know it's somewhere. It's always six months and nine months. I, yeah. That's, that's what I've heard. Okay. Lewis. Um, is there pressure for you to come back sooner rather than later? Like you just said, it sounds like a contract is in the works, so you don't have that pressure, but if it takes the whole year to recover from this thing, uh, do you kind of have, um, have reassurance from the team and stuff that you can take your time or do you feel some sort of pressure to get back and deliver some results i mean of course you you want to come back and rush but as far as the team i mean they they all understand and they respect it and 
Um, you know, again, you know, we're obviously talking and stuff like that, you know, trying to work things out for the following year. But if, I mean, um, if that's the case, then I think the team would kind of push back on me a little bit and, and make sure that this is coming. But again, um, I'm a racer, so I, I want to come back as, as fast as I can, but at the same time, um, I don't want to rush back and, and be in a situation where I, I re hurt or re injure this thing or have a problem with it down in the future too. So, um, I'm more, I'm more, I guess I would say I'm not, I'm not panicking to a point where I need to rush back um, or anything like that. I'm just taking honestly day by day. And, and once this, once I feel comfortable enough to where I can take this knee to the next step, that's when I'm, I would get back on the motorcycle. But as far as the pressure with the team, it, um, of course they're, they're being very respectful um, to me about this whole situation and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it is a contract year. So um, yeah, that, I, I mean, of course I, I can be left out with, you know, anything going into the next year or so, but this is, this, this is, I guess I would say I've been in these situations before, so I, I, I know kind of what to expect and what to do, but at the same time, I, there's not a lot I can do right now at this very moment, except for, you know, take care of this knee. Right. Hey, Malcolm, we had a listener question. They wanted to know what your favorite soft plastic rig and hard bait you fish with is. Ooh. Um, well, uh, soft plastic, I use a Zoom um, six-inch six worm. It is a watermelon seed. Uh, that is like the go-to for Florida bass fishing. And as hard bait... Um, I like to use a swim jig, uh, June bug swim jig. Um, usually I get, uh, uh, it's actually, um, the one, the company I call is called dirty jigs. So it's a company that's local around here, but it crushes it. So those are using my two, two go-to baits. And of course I, I use some, some other little baits out there, but I can't tell you guys all my secrets. <laughs> then it wouldn't be fair. Right. So, you know, you got to pay attention a little bit. <laughs> it seems like in the fishing world, as long as you're not putting weights in your fish or a tournament, you're good. <laughs> yeah. That's just, I felt like that was real. That's not cool at all, but, um, yeah, who knows, man, I may be doing some fishing tournaments. I've been getting in a little, a lot of, uh, salt water and stuff and man, it's, uh, <laughs> You're talking about hard, right? You know, at least I can I can go to the lake and I'll, I only have one thing to focus on, right? But when I go to saltwater, it's like I'm just opening myself up with so many different alleyways and so many different ways to catch fish. It's it's that's where the money starts getting spent. Yeah, yeah, that it's always fun. You know, I see the people that get so upset about those guys that were cheating like that. What would be like the equivalent in the motor world of somebody just like a, running a big, big board, or is like is it even worse than that? Um, as far as like just the competition or, well, yeah. Cause I've, have you seen the videos where the guys like they're, they're cutting the fish open and they're pulling out like all of these, like really like heavy balls. Just cheating's cheating, yeah. man. It's just not cool. Yeah. But they, like they, the fishermen, they like, they're like, nobody beat these guys up. They're all wanting to like kill those guys because of it. Yeah. And I mean, just because, I mean, well, first you're hurting, you know, you're just killing the animal, but like, um, I mean, doing that to, to win is, I mean, I guess, it, I guess I would say it's kind of close to equivalent as as you know somebody cheating in for the win on racing but i mean i don't know i, I feel worse because you're hurting the animal but maybe because i love fishing so much that i i feel the pain for the animal too right so, yeah um but yeah man fishermen are um 
they they they're serious about that stuff. It's uh, it's a lot of things that you learn out there when you're fishing. Um, it's 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 a it's a lot, but it's fun, man. I truly truly enjoy it, and I think it's one of one of the most relaxing things for me. And uh, actually, I went. I had one of my buddies um, take me fishing like three weeks ago because I was sitting in the house. I was so miserable. So I was like, dude, you, you got it. Just, I said, just get me on the boat, please. Just get me on the boat. And I don't even care where we go. Just, <laughs> I just don't want to be in the house no more. I feel like the walls were closing. But yeah, um, it's good to have that refreshing because sometimes, man, like you, you can get wrapped up and you just start to think. And, and you know, you guys know how it is. It's, you know, we're, we're wired one way, you know, and when you're not doing the thing that you love to do. It's like, you know, all you do is think about negativity and things like that. So it's just a part of life, you know? Um, but obviously for me, I'm in a really, really good spot. Things are starting to really, you know, come around for me. So it's, it's, um, I guess I would say for me, it's, um, I'm, I'm in a happy mood. Yeah. It's interesting. You kind of bring up the mental side just of life in general, needing a break and, you, you race at high level. It's a very mental game. We see what these three guys, mainly they're going for a championship right now, are dealing with. And, you know, a, a month ago, Eli talked about enjoying this battle with the two other guys. And I think just this last week, he's like, yeah, it's not so much fun anymore. And they're having to deal with all this mental stuff and the mistakes they're making. And, and then you're having to mentally deal with an injury and missing the season and trying to figure out how to balance that. It, it's a lot to take in when you're a professional athlete and you're supposed to be uh, performing basically. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, in, you just said it, you know, perfectly like the window's so short, you know, um, it can, it can just be gone just like that. Right. And, um, so it's, it, that's how I always try to explain it to people and, you know, my friends, my family, and, and they understand for sure. But like, as far as like fans and stuff, like, man, there's so much pressure that is on us that we, and, and also added pressure that they're on us, on us as well. So it's, it's life of an athlete is uh, a massive roller coaster. when the good's good, and the bad's bad. Yeah. Right now it was, uh, it was bad a few weeks ago, but <laughs> now we're starting to get on the good part of just the daily life stuff. So, right. um, we just got to take things in. And honestly, I guess that for me is I'm just breaking it all the way down the stages. Like, you know, let's, let's start the, the walk correctly. Let's, you know what I mean? From there, then, then, you know, start working on squatting. Then we can work on this, you know, spinning on the bike. Like there's so many stages that I have to gain before I even think about mm-hmm. even throwing my leg on a motorcycle. So that's, that's kind of where, what I see that's in front of me before I even, you know, get on the motorcycle, I guess I would say. So when I were, you know, to bring it up to you guys earlier, when we were talking about Saturday night, it's like, at first I was like that, you know, anger and all that. But then it kind of was like, well, I, I, before I even get to that on TV again, like I got to be able to walk, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got to do this. I got to do that. So I guess that's my motivation right now. And then I kind of carry over. I like your positive attitude, man. As I said a little while ago, I got one more question and then Lewis has got one to close it out. Um, I did that interview with your mom recently. I don't know if you got to see it, but I asked her just about, you know, helping you out when you're injured. And she, you know, she's, she's a mom. She's taking care of you like a mom, like you're a young child, according to her side, having to help you go to the bathroom. Uh, at least it's her story. I don't know if you read this, but I want to get your thoughts on having mom still taking care of you. Dude, I mean, you got, every, I mean, man, <laughs> not to, I'm a big, I'll, I'll be the first one, man. I am a mama's boy to the heart. Yeah everything uh, <laughs> you know um my mom was like my best friend so 
it's 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 good to have a mom that's super supportive and 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 of course I can't take away dad dad is very supportive <laughs> oh, too no. your mom said he just goes to bed but <laughs> um, yeah I cater to my to my mom because I know she's gonna do it my dad's kind of giving me like that you know dad attitude you know you can do it yourself yeah. or you know try to push you I told him he was so rough for me <laughs> my dad was so rough for me in the beginning uh, of the surgery process he was like can you can you move your can you move your knee and I'm like I have a block on it so I couldn't I couldn't move it either way if I wanted to but it was he was just being a dad you know like oh you can do it you can do yeah. it just like, ignore the pain right <laughs> I'm like oh yeah sure no, yeah. go call mom so yeah. um she was but yeah no it's it's awesome man uh having mom she's very supportive and and you know she's she take care of her boys she blew you out on your fear of stitches no, that, no, I'm still, I'm bad with stitches. I still am. I, I'll admit, I, I'll pass out with stitches. Something about those things I don't like. <laughs> That's great. Your turn, Emmett. Uh, your turn, Lewis. Sorry. Um, yeah, just a random one, which I thought I'd be quite interested in your answer. Um, I think we all know what your strength as a racer is. It's speed. But what do you think your biggest weakness is? My biggest weakness is... I don't know if I can answer that because then <laughs> if I tell that, then I feel like the riders would catch me. But um, I don't let's, actually know. Uh, I guess let's like, put it this way: I'll 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 be good by next year. Put it that way. When I come <laughs> back to Supercross, all those weaknesses that people think about me and they're they're going to be on point. Nice. <laughs> all right, you got anything else, Lewis? No, no, right. I've got nothing. Malcolm, thanks for jumping on, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad you're in good spirits and you kind of have your game plan and look forward to seeing you back as soon as you can be. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the goal, and I appreciate you guys having me. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, I'll see you. I'll try to catch you guys at maybe one of the end of the Supercrosses, and, um, yeah, we'll chat up again soon. All right, Malcolm, you be safe. Be, uh, take care and heal up. All right, y'all stay blessed. All right, you too. Thanks for Malcolm Stewart for jumping on. That was a good question, Lewis. I liked it. That's what I do, Jamie. Just for <laughs> excellence. No, genuinely though, like if like I wasn't bullshitting. Like I don't. If you ask me what Malcolm Stewart's weakness is, I'm not actually sure. Um, like I can't think of something. There's not something that comes straight to my mind. Um, so I was interested to know if he actually thinks he has a weakness specifically that he needs to work on. It sounds like. He did, or maybe he didn't know, and that was just his way of like um, brushing it off because he didn't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, like I think the only thing that you could say is that maybe he's a little loose and that leads to mistakes. But I think him being no, no, loose no, is no, what no, makes no. him fast. No, he was in the top ten every single week last year. He was the most consistent rider. He yeah. is he he is consistent as hell. Like there is okay, the first two rounds were a little messy, yeah. but I don't think you can say the crashing or anything like that is his weakness because. Right. Uh, last year and the year before, he was maybe the most consistent rider overall. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like the his only weakness really is one of his strengths. The only weakness I can think of it really is a strength of his. It's a little little loose sometimes. You think? I mean, he's just he rides like that, but that, I think that's yeah, what makes style, him yeah. him. So at the he's same just time, got, it's just one of those guys. He just has to put all the pieces of the puzzle together consistently. Um, yeah. 
starts probably, you know, I don't know what his average start is, uh, Lewis. You probably do since you have all the numbers. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm the only one that can see Lewis. He has this giant water bottle. <laughs> oh. The thing is massive, bro. <laughs> uh, hey. Before, Why is he staring at me? I, can, I, I just have you so on the side of the screen. He, he's, he's, he likes looking at you, Lewis. But it's very, you know it's very like? Monty Python-esque. <laughs> when it comes to triple clamp, suspension, and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon M- MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA, so check them out online at luxonmx.com and all orders over $100 more ship-free and you can use that promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Jeremy Martin's running those things to a uh, a win in a heat race this weekend. So, yeah, Luxon MX. Appreciate you guys being on board. We have Cullen Park coming up in just a couple minutes. But, um, yeah, so what is it, Lewis, before we get Cullen on here in a second, what is it that you drew that drew you to Cullen? Was it just him liking you? Um, he's a Chase Sexton guy. Uh, we all stick together. Okay, okay. We're, we're literally on a ship together. You make friends on a ship when you're on a ship together. That's fair. Yeah, I guess you do. You yeah. kind of, when you're stuck, yeah, at sea. You mateys. Yeah, we're stuck. We're on sea, so we see each other around the ship, say hello, and there we are. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, I I was on a wagon once, but I was told I'm not allowed to talk about the wagon. Wait, what? 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 No, 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 no. Because the web wagon has been stolen from the Watson wagon. That's also trademarked. I, you know this, that I didn't know anything about really GPs previously. I'm learning. So the the web wagon was new to me. Okay. It's the Watson wagon. That is the only wagon in motocross. The Sexton ship is the only ship in motocross. What is the sewer term? What are the- I don't, I don't know. Me and sewer are uh, looking horns at the moment over this. Oh, the sewer um, segue. Sewer. No. The relationship is falling apart. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take, I can take over. He's very offended, and I'm refusing to budge, and it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. Hey, I have a question for you, Lewis. In the, um, on, your, on the post-race show that you and ML did, you made a comment about my negative questions sometimes, which you're not oh. wrong all the time, but give me some, like, give me some what brought that up. What, was the, what, what made you think of that? I don't know. I was, having, I was being funny. Oh, okay. I didn't think there were some specific moments that no, I... I think I think I think Michael said that I was I was always too I was super positive or I was too positive. And I was like, well no, I always I said I always start an interview with a positive question. Yeah. And then as we've discussed, you sometimes start with a negative and it, we've discussed that before. I don't think it was anything new. It's, it's not the it's not the exact question that you ask. It's like and I had this problem too. Sometimes it's the way the question is interpreted. Because mm. like sometimes the way you would inter- what they would interpret the question is like, hey, so basically you sucked last weekend. Why did that? Why did you suck, dude? Like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you, can't you don't always, say that, you but can't I always mean, be positive, right? Yeah. I mean, right, Lewis? Not always. Um, no, like I, I have done negative interviews, but I will always start with a positive because they loosen up. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, this will be okay. Yeah, yeah, and then bam, second question, <laughs> negative. The old bait but and if switch. You start, if you start with a negative question, then they, their guard immediately goes up. That's probably a fair point. Maybe I'll be more careful about how I ask questions. Um, well, ML, we know what happened with you and Barsha. Oh, that, that is true. Hey, ML just texted and wanted to know if um, wanted to know if Great Britain, uh, man, I'm, I'm just uh, trademark laws transfer to the United States. I'll fight anyone. 
All right, we got another guest on the line. WUSA is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. We have the exclusive W-Edge wheel set starting at $799. As the exclusive import of Han, Kite, and Town Hubs, as well as XL DID rims, we can build your dream wheels. Give us a call or check out our website. Visit www.wusa.com or follow us on Instagram. Use that promo code MotoXPodShow. Tonight, WUSA brings us from Phoenix Honda, my buddy, my friend, Cullen Park. What's up, Cullen? How are you? Thank you for having me on tonight. Well, you're very welcome. I'm glad that you and I, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed watching you ride this year. You've improved every weekend. And I feel like we just built a strong bond in Paris, and I'm a little upset. We're going to get to that in a minute. But we're going to start with your riding, man. You have, like I said, all year, all season, you've been improving. Uh, what do you? What does that attest to? Um, to be honest, I, I had a really good offseason before the season started this year that I was really happy with. My trainer, Blake Savage, is um, a big part of that, as well as the guys at Club and Max. You know, every day at Club, we get to ride with – I mean, shoot, preseason especially, there's probably sometimes 15 of us out there on the track. So, And it's all all really fast guys, obviously, like Jeremy Martin, Enzo Lopes, and then all my teammates, obviously. And the track just breaks down so much like a race. So having those conditions every day, I think, is a big part of um, just my, my progress this year, especially come main event time, because you kind of know what to expect with with the conditions we've been given during the week so yeah for sure i would say a lot of that's preseason, and honestly a lot of it also has to do with me just believing in myself a lot more this year i i feel like i belong there i feel like i'm i'm meant to be at supercross and and battling with those guys where last year i was just kind of getting my feet dipped in the water a little bit i was nervous and definitely looked at jerseys a lot like a lot last year where this year i'm just kind of like yep here we go let's let's do it Dude, I like that answer. That was a great answer. Before I, I move on and let my, my co-host ask a question, I do want to bring up this. So, like I said, I thought we bonded in Paris, and now I hear my co-host, Lewis, is your favorite media guy. I don't know what happened, man. What'd I do? Well, you know what? I don't, I don't want to say my favorite media guy. Lewis okay. is up there. Okay. Jamie, I got to I gotta give it to you. You know what? You're right. You've been there. You've been there since I've been, like, on the come up a little bit, you know? And then... I will say Lewis has to step it up a little bit because what race was it? Oh, Indy. You even came over to the semi to just just a little check in with me, you know? So of course. I, I will say Lewis <laughs> doesn't give me that during the day. Mm, see, mm. I came in so I'm, I'm too busy with Chase. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, Lewis. With what? <laughs> you don't have any questions? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm affected <laughs> after that. I mean, look, I'm busy with Chase. I can't spread love <laughs> everywhere. But I can take maybe like 5% of it away from Chase and put it in Cullen's direction. I'll start with that from now on. Well, uh, I, I couldn't hear what he said. It's, it's like really quiet. Uh, let me turn, let's see if I can turn him back up. He, he said he could, he's been busy with Chase, but he can maybe take 5% of that Chase Sexton love away and, and, and direct it towards you. All right. I mean, you know what? 5% is better than 0%, so I'll take it. <laughs> you know, that's a start. Uh, Lewis, do you have anything else? We'll see if he can hear you better. I turned you up a little bit. Um, well, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like you say, I think this year has been like um, super positive. 
But what do you think the ceiling is for you over the like the remaining five rounds, four rounds, or whatever you have? Uh yeah, we have four rounds left. And what what was the beginning of your question? I'm sorry. Um, no, just that it's been like really good for you. And what is yeah, so bleeding on from that? What do you think your ceiling is? Yeah, so I we obviously have four rounds left, and two of them being East West shootouts. So it's obviously going to get tougher. Um, but for me. I, I need to get better starts. I've been coming from the back, especially even this past weekend. Um, and if I want to be, I'll be honest, I, I would love to crack a top five before the season's over. So in order to do that, though, I'm going to have to work on my starts because right now the uh, the field is, the, the top guys are going too fast to think you're going to get a bad start and catch your way back up. So I need to just put myself in some better positions for good things to happen. Yeah, so you had stated that this was one of your career best. When you have those moments of, of besting what you've done in the past, how does that translate to your game plan for the week upcoming for training and how it carries into the race day the next weekend? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. To be honest, I got seven, which is my career best, like you said, and I wasn't even, like, that happy. Like, I was still kind of bummed after the race, to be honest, which I think is a good thing. I just feel um, – I, I definitely hold myself to a pretty high standard and maybe too high sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely – it's nice to, to get your career best and it be, be – it. but the problem is also a seventh is nothing really to write home about. So, for me, it's just getting back and knowing what I have to work on, which, like I already said, it starts and for sure some opening laps where I just need to be able to put myself in those better positions. But – for sure, it's it's good to see progress as well. I mean, I feel like I've progressed already as the season went on. Obviously, besides Tampa, that one was no good. But besides that, I've just like had a steady improvement. So seeing that honestly makes the work during the week that much nicer because I'm seeing progress on the weekends. It's not like I am just feel like I'm beating a dead horse where I've been putting in all this work and nothing's coming of it. So for sure, it, it makes it a lot nicer for myself and the people around me to, to see that the hard work we've all been doing is starting to pay off. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to definitely use this four-week break to my advantage, and I want to come back to Atlanta in a better spot than where we left. You're, do you have another one? Uh, oh, you're nice. consistently at the races. I feel like one of the top, the top finishing Phoenix guy. You battle with Cody. You guys are real close all the time. When you're at the test track at Club MX riding, how important it is, is it within the team to be the fastest guy on the day? Um, for me, to be honest, I try not to even stress too much about the practice track because I'll be honest with you guys, I suck at the practice track. Like, for <laughs> okay. the most part, I'm really not that good uh, practicing. And for whatever reason on race day, I just get hyped up and get way more excited and a different version of myself just comes out, which I would much rather it be that way. But I will say it, it definitely feels good also if you can show, to, show up to the practice track and be the fastest guy, you know, you you just had that little bit of swagger to yourself, but for the most part, um, I feel like all your all your work's already done in the preseason. So uh, midseason, you're kind of just maintaining, and yeah, I definitely try to not get too spun out on the stopwatch. Um, so at Paris, I mentioned you you raced for Bud, I believe, that weekend, and you got some Supercross experience, some testing in, just or some just some Supercross testing, obviously a different bike, but. Well, no, I was no, I was with the um, Hexus team. I was I was on a Honda. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were on, out there for Bud for some reason. No. Okay. Well, that's me being an idiot. I'll take that. <laughs> but you you talked about 
during that weekend, and I did an interview with you post-race, needing to be better in the whoops. How much better do you feel you are? Has that been a focal, focal point of this season? I've gotten better, but to be honest, I still have a lot of work to do in them. For whatever reason, um, I just, I've just been kind of struggling a little bit in them. And with me being so tall, there is absolutely zero excuse for that. So it's definitely all on me. And to be honest, you just kind of, you kind of got to grab yourself a little bit down there and just go into the wolves more committed. I mean, it's scary, but that's, that's what it comes down to at this point. You got to close your eyes and pin it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How much have you changed the bike since preseason? Have you done a major adjustments or pretty much kept it the same and just adjusted your riding? Yeah, honestly, I haven't changed anything to my bike all, all season so far. I did, we tested obviously in the preseason and I want to say I found my setting in December and I haven't changed my bike since then. Okay. Lewis. Yeah. Uh, nope. I'll, I'll be honest. Everything. My bike's been great. So it's all on me to be better at this point. Hell yeah. Do you actually think that you're a good tester or do you sometimes get lost in the weeds a little bit? Uh, no, I, I have no idea how to test. I'm pretty horrible at it. I, you, you give me something new, and sometimes I can't even tell you if I feel a difference. But that's also something I've actually been trying to get better at this year. Is Because growing up, my dad, um, if, I, if I ever complained about my bike, he would tell me, all right, well, park it and don't ride. Like, this is what you got. So I kind of have just been like that my entire, my entire life, where whatever I had is just what I rode. So honestly, I'm trying to be a better test rider. So, because, I mean, I think in the end it's going to help me out, right? But also it might get you a little spun out, and I'm definitely trying to skip that part. How can you actually become a better test rider? Like, is it just talking to guys more and trying to understand why things feel the way they do more? Like, I don't know how you can actually improve, like, your knowledge of testing. Yeah, I would say you're pretty spot on there. Like, especially just ask, like, you got to be open to asking a lot of questions and taking advice, too. So. For me, oh, excuse me, just being around like experienced people, like obviously I'm friends with Chase, I'm friends with Tyler Bowers, um, just all those guys like Kyle Chisholm, like they all have so many years under their belt and even just asking them questions, but also just having my own feedback and giving my feedback to the team and the team's also always willing to listen. So that makes it nice. But yeah, and then it obviously comes to a point where you just have to put it on the motorcycle and try it and really stick like you obviously when you're testing you got to stick to the same line all day you don't want to you can't go out there and hit a rough spot and then come back and then go back out after you make a change and ride something that's like smooth and be like oh yeah the bike's great because that's not how you test right so just you got to be um you just got to try and pay attention to everything your bike's doing when you finally do make those changes but yeah you're you're for sure right though just asking questions even is going to help me yeah, Colin, you've started doing the, the the vlogs this season, and I just wanted to know how that's been going for you. And also, is that becoming almost an, like basically a necessity in the eyes of sponsors and fans to be successful? The example I think of is having a business this day and age without a website. Yeah, for sure. So I actually don't have any pressure from sponsors to do it. I'm actually just doing it all on my own. But I, my buddy Sater from Clutch Media, I've actually just grown up with him. And so it's kind of cool that we're working together now. He's doing a really good job on my on my vlogs each weekend. And I'm just enjoying it myself. I've actually gotten really good feedback from them. Like a lot of people just 
have literally told me like, man, you have a better personality than what I ever thought. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess that's cool. Like that's kind of why I want to do it. Cause I feel like I am a pretty outgoing person and obviously not many people get to like really see that. Like, it's not like I'm on TV a whole bunch during the weekend. So just trying to show people my personality and we're, we're all people. We're not just dirt bike racers. So we all have what makes us tick on race day or we all have our own little personalities or whatever. So just trying to showcase that. And yeah, I mean, shoot, if it gets bigger, that's great. But I'm also just having fun doing it and just being myself and showcasing like who I am. So, but to answer your question though, I do feel like it's, I, I don't feel like there's a negative to it as long as you don't make it be a negative or a distraction, but for sure, just you're growing your own brand, right? And even showing the the sponsors and brands that support you. So for me, I, I feel like it's a win-win. Uh, Michael Lindsay sent me a text and wants to know how many clutches you've destroyed this season. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. I go through a clutch every time I'm out on the track on race day. But actually, actually, I got to tell Michael this, which I hope he's listening. He is. And where was the last year? Indy. I only went through, I think, three clutches on the day. And Detroit, I got to use the same clutch a couple times. So, therefore, I think I only went through two or three. So, I'm actually getting better at that. <laughs> okay. He's a little he's a little butthurt because he wasn't in the favorite media guy uh, discussion. But I told him, well, you're not in studio. You're not on the phone. So, you're out. Uh, M- ML's more than a media guy. He, he gave me an opportunity a couple years ago. So, I always yeah. got respect for him. Nice. Lewis? Um, like we've mentioned a few times, obviously things have gone well for you. You're making steady progress. Results are great. How do you manage expectations and not want too much too soon? Like when things are going as well as they are now, obviously it's quite easy to get carried away. Yeah. So for me, I, I will say I definitely try to make realistic expectations for myself. And so do the, so does the team. Like that's one good thing. I, I got to give a massive shout out to the, to the Phoenix racing Honda team. They're so realistic with me and even just helping me um, from each week and, and setting the right goals. Like Heath Harrison, he's Jace Owens mechanic now, but he was our team manager last year, but he's um, I got to give a big shout out to him. Even like he's kind of mentored me now for a couple of years and he just gives, he just makes me even set like good realistic goals for myself. And honestly, before the season, he actually set higher goals than what I had for myself, which ultimately even helps me because it's like it's a goal that I nece- I kind of wanted to have, but I was kind of scared to say out loud, which therefore kind of shows I didn't believe it all the way. And then he actually said it. So I was like, wow, all right, you're right. Like that's where I need to set my goals and I'm, I'm getting close to reaching them. So yeah, um, it's been, he's been really helpful and I got to give a, give a shout out to him for helping me with my goals this year. You know, you have your teammate Caden and he's his first year and we've had him on the show before. And I was kind of taken back by how down to earth and humble that kid is. He's got a good head on his shoulder, very respectful. And I know that this season kind of hasn't gone maybe as well as he had wanted to. He's had some ups and downs. What are some of the kind of what are some of the things that you've been able to help him with, and and how has that kind of whole thing been going for him? Yeah, Caden's a really good kid. Obviously, like you said, super humble and got a good head on his shoulders. And yeah, he's definitely getting better right now as the season's going on. So that's good to see. But yeah, I mean we we've all uh, we all try to give him our our best advice and any questions he has, we're always willing to answer. But for I think uh, something that one big thing that I learned last year that I tried to tell him was 
it was actually kind of funny. It just happened like a week or two ago. He was talking about going to go hit like a, like a local money race somewhere during outdoors. And I'm like, Oh, Caden, like I can promise you right now, mid outdoor season, the last thing you want to, you're going to want to go do is go race your dirt bike on your weekend <laughs> off. Like the season is very long. And that's something that, like I said, I learned last year and I didn't even do full outdoors last year. And luckily this year we will be. So, yeah, I mean, just taking the the time off when you have it, I think is a big thing. Cause Caden's a, he, he's a lot like myself. Like he's just a really hard worker. And, um, so I respect that from him, but yeah, taking the, the necessary time off when you, when you can, I think is a big deal. Well, speaking of that, I was going to ask you, there's about a four week break, I think coming up before you guys race again, what are you going to spend your time doing? Obviously you're going to be testing and training some, but do you, will you take a few days to go do something to kind of blow some steam off? And then will you focus also once you get back to riding on some outdoor testing? Yeah. Uh, funny. You just asked that. I actually have been riding outdoors the last two days. I rode it yesterday and today. So, and I'm actually going to ride it tomorrow on the 450. So I'm really enjoying just changing it up mm. a little bit. Obviously it can get, it can get old kind of riding the same thing all season. So yeah, just changing up outdoors. I'll probably ride that for a couple weeks since we have four weeks off. And then I would actually, I'm going to get back on Supercross and possibly even uh, try some, some new stuff. So that'll be nice. And, but yeah, for, to answer your question though, yeah, we're riding some outdoors. So it was kind of nice. And all of us guys like me, Cody, Caden, and even Jace came out and rode outdoors today. So it's a lot of fun just changing it up. And Heath is actually able to ride cause he'll be racing Loretta's this year. So yeah. we just got like a full squad out there each day and that makes it so much fun just being around everybody. What's this new stuff? We need some details. Uh, well, it's just I'm just gonna try a new suspension setting here. I just hyped it up to you guys about how how <laughs> yeah. I haven't made a change yeah. in my bike, and then I'm about to change. Something. About to take a change. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. A minute ago, you were talking about goals and meeting goals. Do you have weekly goals? Do you set a goal going into Saturday morning and say, "Okay, I want to do this, this, and this," and try to achieve those goals? Also, or are they just long term season goals? Uh, I actually do. I each, each weekend, I kind of try and set my focus on something. Um, and Blake Savage has also been very helpful with that. Like he'll either call me or text me on race day. And we kind of just go over like what, what I need to focus on that day and what I mainly focus on like during the week. Like for example, this past weekend in Detroit, um, my, my main focus was the last five minutes of the main event, the last five minutes, because in Indy, I just kind of fell apart with four minutes to go. I think I was running seventh, ended up ninth. And so in Detroit, I'm like, okay, all day, I'm like, last five minutes, I need to be more consistent in the main event. And that was my goal, just put down consistent laps all day. And I felt like I did that. And then obviously I ended up P7, so that was nice. But there's obviously some more room for improvement. And now I'm going to set some new goals for Atlanta. But yeah, for sure, I, I have new goals each weekend. And actually, Club MX. Each day, we actually have to say a goal um, for what we're working on for that specific day. So that's really cool as well. Interesting. Okay. Uh, last question I have for you is it's a long ways off at this point, but when you guys come back, there'll be a couple of showdowns coming up. Is that an event that you look forward to having some different riders race against, or is it pretty much the same thing? It's just another race. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, feel like, I feel like I'd be lying if I said it's just another race. It's an east-west shootout, so it's double the – double the competition um and i think the east west shootouts are always exciting and it's always a big curveball so and the venue it's at i, th- I want to say it's new jersey right the yeah, east west was, shootout. yeah new jersey and, and then SLC. salt lake so yep. 
those are two exciting venues. And I think, I think the East West shootout definitely, it mixes it up a lot. And I mean, man, it could, it could make for a good opportunity. So that's obviously what I'm looking for. And I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be good for myself. Hey, do your, do your bonuses change for the shootouts? Uh, no, sir. Oh, so it's a, that's a tough day to get that, to get that, huh? <laughs> Go get that bonus. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Colin, man, thanks for uh, jumping on. It was kind of last minute, and I appreciate you uh, accepting it and coming on for us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for having me on. And, hey, yeah. Jamie and Lewis, you know, you guys, <laughs> you guys are high up there on the list, so I appreciate it. Hey, as long as we're on the podium, I'm okay. I mean, Lewis, he's a little selfish sometimes. He wants the top spot, <laughs> but I'm just glad to be thought of. No, you're well inside the podium. You, you're checking out on the competition right now, so don't <laughs> worry. I like it. I like it. All right, we're going to end on a good note. Colin, thanks, man. Have a good night. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, see ya. Lewis, you hear that? I'm just here for Chase. <laughs> um, am I quiet for you? I've, I've just changed some settings. So am I quiet for you? Is this is this a you problem as well? Or? No, you, you sound no it fun. sounds good on our end. I don't know. Okay. What I think it was yeah. just a little bit of a lag that kind of caught him off, My caught him off guard. Uh, again, though, Cullen Park, brought to you by WUSA. Um yeah, I don't know. That was weird because I could hear you the whole time. I turned you up, and it didn't really help much. Oh, well, all you can do is try your best. That's all Sometimes. we can do. Let's, we can let's get back into some show stuff. Uh, Eli Tomac, we, we haven't even hardly got through the 450 stuff yet. Um, the neck thing was a big story. last. You know, We talked about last week. He seemed better, Lewis. You were there. He rode really well. I mean, hell, he got third. He dropped back for a moment. You know, and, but he kind of still felt like he made it sound like it was still lingering a little bit. Do you feel like really his neck was bothering him? Do you feel like he was just off? Yeah, no, I don't know where this people are getting this because um, I've seen a few things saying where people said like, oh, Tomac said he wasn't 100% still. But on press day, I asked him, can we have normal Eli Tomac expectations? Mm-hmm. Like, can we stand here and say Eli Tomac's going to win tomorrow? And he said yes. So to me... That says the neck is no longer an excuse. Um, yeah. Like, I think that's pretty cut and dry. That was from his mouth. So I don't think the neck was an excuse for Detroit at all. Um, kind of weird, because the start of the main event was really good, and it looked like he was going to finish second, if not first. Um, and then it was like he hit a bit of a wall. Similar to Barsha, actually. It was like they both hit a wall, and just kind of the progress just stopped. Um, not to be a hater, but... If I'm Tomac, I'm concerned about this whole title situation. I'm really concerned. I'm not sleeping easy at the moment. Well, and I kind of got those vibes when he made the comment that it's not as fun or he's not enjoying racing these other two guys in this championship hunt. And and it's kind of different than what he was saying a few weeks ago. Like, I do feel like his mentality towards this championship has changed a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's a weird one because you can look at it and say he's won... uh, what is it, five rounds now? Mm-hmm. Four, five rounds, I think. He's won five rounds, Chase has won two, Webb's won two. So in the win column, he's so far ahead that you would expect him to be kind of running away with his thing. Obviously, that's not the case. He's not even leaving it. So I'd imagine that's frustrating for him. But also, although he's had so many more wins, um, he's been in the top two less than Webb, which kind of says he's either on or he's off. But I think that's quite a striking stat. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm. I would be concerned. I would be concerned. I think maybe the weekend off will be the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. He can maybe ride some outdoors, maybe reset a little bit, maybe figure out some of the issues. Because if you look as well, 
his whoop speed has been nowhere. There is no whoop speed. Um, and that's a consecutive week problem now. So this isn't a flash in the pan thing. He is consistently struggling in the whoops. So clearly there are little issues that are starting to show. And at Anaheim 1, when he looked amazing and everyone thought it was going to be a runaway, obviously that wasn't a true reflection of what was to come. Scotty, what do you think about Eli and we're saying struggling a little bit just for Eli's standards. And we're going into Seattle, a truck that track that can get very ruddy. Uh, according to Lewis, it should be sunshiny. We should be good. But if not, it could be bad weather. It, it potentially could be another rough night for Eli and lose some more points. And maybe Cooper builds some more points. Hopefully Chase gets up there and wins. And then this championship just keeps kind of flopping around. Um, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but how how does he usually seems like he does pretty good in Seattle? I mean, he does pretty good most everywhere. Yeah. So um, I'm not saying he's gonna do bad, but with ruts, he I, you could see it being a mistake being made. Yeah, I, I feel like he's always been pretty solid in ruts. He's been pretty technical when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I think that he's just kind of in grind mode. And he's just going to keep chugging along until he sees sees what happens. If he's not feeling it, he's not feeling it, he's going to do the best he can. But where I really want to go with this is kind of to your point earlier. A few weeks ago, it seemed like it's changed Mm -hmm. from his outlook. Do you think that there's any buyer's remorse for making the announcement that he's doing the whole year? I wondered that, actually. It crossed my mind. I'm going to say no, but it definitely crossed my mind. Lewis, what what about you? Uh, Yeah, it's probably crossed my mind, too. Um I don't think outdoors is going to be much more fun. Right. But is I like when he made this decision, I'm sure he wasn't sat there thinking he was going to run away with outdoors. So he knows the situation. But I would bet that we will not see him in 2024 now. Whereas that was a hot rumor for a while. Though. Right. But at the at the same time, you know, I mean, he's in a an awesome title fight. That's kind of what those guys live for. He, I mean, he's got to. I know he's he'd rather be with a red plate. But I mean, at the same time, it's it's is it. Do you think it's not fun for him? Do you think it's not as fun as he thought that this title fight would be? He, he doesn't sound like he's having fun. He, he just... said he said the words, it's not fun. He yeah. said it. Yeah. So <laughs> these last couple of weeks, I don't feel like he's the same Eli that we were kind of raving about his how his personality's changed a month ago. It he it feels different in these last couple of weeks. Just the dark days of yeah, the championship. He doesn't seem as happy. He doesn't seem like he's not smiling as much or laughing in the interviews as much and he he was annoyed by the neck questions at some point. He's like, I think we've talked about it enough in the press conference. I, I I think it doesn't feel the same. So and his results may be the reflection of that. I don't know, or his vice versa. Uh, X brand has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available, using some of the most grueling conditions by 2022 GNCC XC2 champion Lyndon Snodgrass, the 2022 GNCC ATV Pro champion Bryson Neal. Factory Huskies, Craig DeLong, Babbitt Kawasaki's Josh Strang, and many more. Visit xbrand.com or visit your local dealership and ask for X-Brand goggles distributed through WPS. The choice of champions everywhere, as I've heard. Um, Kenny, let's go to Cooper Webb real quick, Scotty. Um, Cooper Webb is the real winner after Detroit. Lewis will argue that. Mm -hmm. Staying consistent, still the points leader, three points up on Eli, just doing what Cooper does mentally strong. I feel like he believes he's going to win this championship. I, I do believe that's where he believes he's at right now, uh, especially with the points lost now by yeah. Chase. You know, I think he's very confident that he can beat Eli, in my opinion. Uh, I think going forward, we're going to see Cooper just right there, second, third, and being confident and using that mental game. 
Yeah, a, you know, a few weeks ago, I made the analogy of which stock would you buy, you know, the the Chase or the Tomac or the Cooper stock, and I think it's he's proving that it's the smart choice to choose him. I mean, he's he's been there. He's not making the big mistakes. He's not riding over his head and, like, and causing himself an issue. Uh, you know, his mindset's strong on race day, and I just think it's it's going to be tough. Like, I just don't see him having that race that maybe we saw last year where all of a sudden, you know, he's just, he just doesn't have it and he gets a, an eighth or a 10th or something like that. I just, at this point right now, the way he's been going, I, I don't see that happening. And without that happening, it's going to be hard to get yeah. a points lead back away from him. I agree. Lewis, is he the guy to beat? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, a million percent. Um, <laughs> there isn't, there isn't like one thing that Cooper Webb does, which is like a massive strength. Like, whereas you'd say Chase's strength is his speed. Like, there isn't something like that with Webb. But Webb's greatest strength is that he has no weakness, to put it, like, simply. Um, And when a guy has no weakness, the only way to beat him in a title fight is to physically beat him on a track every single week, which is kind of the situation that both Eli and Chase are in now. Right. Yeah, I think think we all agree then. Yeah, it's going to take something unusual. For, it's going to take a bad race for Cooper to get those guys. Well, I shouldn't. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, if Eli, Eli could click off some wins and easily take the points lead right back, but I don't. I just think Cooper in the long run is the guy to pick. So I think we all agree to that. Ken Roxon still looked good. Lewis fifth on, uh, overall, fourth in points, which I actually was kind of surprised by that. I didn't realize he was up in fourth in points. Um, quietly becoming a better season than I expected three weeks ago. Yeah, I think after Indy, then he's just got to stay in the picture. And he was in the picture in uh, Detroit, so that's fine. Like, I don't think the result matters as long as, as long as he is in the fight somewhere, to some degree. Um, yeah, I think this battle for fourth in the points as well maybe needs more hype than it's getting. Because, yeah, the battle for the title is great. Mm-hmm. But outside of the top three, it's quite a good battle as well. So look at us. <laughs> it's a great season so far, Scotty. I mean, there are battles going on everywhere. Just watching that race in Detroit, like I said, second through sixth was amazing. I mean, Barsha made, you know, the, there's passes all when he made that pass or when Chase made the pass on Barsha, I actually want to ask you about this, Lewis. Chase was nervous. Like he was like, I got to get away from this dude. Try, he just yeah. knew Barsha was about to clean him out. You could see it. But like for us watching, great racing, great battles, really exciting. Yeah, I'm, you know, that makes me go to in the past 10 years, what championship has really been better than this? I, it's, it's a joy to be able to turn on the race. I've two weeks in a row, though, it's gotten ruined for me somehow. And then I've, it's been really upsetting. Like I, I accidentally got on Instagram this oh, past you mean week. You and, found out who won. Yeah, I found oh, out, yeah. I found out who won this week. And I was like, and then I saw, I saw like AP with the lead and I kind of knew what was coming. Yeah. And oh. so it was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, I was like, okay, Chase is going to catch him. But then I was like, wait, I don't see him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here he comes. But other than that happening, just a fantastic season. Yeah. it's just been a great season. And I, I just going and watching the race, knowing that it can be anybody, you know, as soon as we thought it was just the three guys, then we had the great Roxon uh, Barsha battle and just having that anticipation of knowing that anything's possible, anything's on the table six, seven guys can be in the mix and just not knowing what's really going to happen is, has been awesome to watch. And not even just that it's kind of, it's been its own little two worlds. There's been that battle of all the factory guys that has been incredible, but the, the race to get into the LCQ has also 
been really entertaining watching mm. those guys, your your shorts, your Carnals, yeah. and all those guys kind of be, change and be the different guy that makes it in has been really interesting to watch too. And, I, and it's just just been very anticipative of watching the race each weekend and, and really enjoying it. Lewis, I feel like you uh, you were pretty high on AC this weekend on his, how he rode and really he he hung with that lead group. Can AC by the end of the season improve to the point where he gets a podium? Yes, hundred percent. I thought, um, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I don't know if it, I, I, I've seen some like negative stuff about his Detroit, so I don't know how well you saw it on TV. But once he got okay, he got shuffled back by the contenders. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That was that was a bit rough. But then once he got shuffled back, he latched on and rode with them quite comfortably, and he even said it felt comfortable. Like he was quite surprised. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that was really visible on TV, but trust me, it was a very real thing. Like he was riding with Tomac Webb, Barsha, like easily. He was right there, right there with them, going with them, and it was perfectly uh, like easy for him. Yeah, I rewatched the ray that the main today, and I will say, just sort of touching on what you said, almost Scotty. Like I was watching it, going. AP is going to win this. Like he, there's like I, I could not wrap my brain around that he was going to lose again. But going back to AC, you're right, Lewis. I, I focused on him because of some of the comments I heard you say in the the post race show. And yes, he shuffled back pretty quick. I think he's struggling with the intensity of a battle. But once he kind of fell back and had some room, he could run the pace. And I think that's good. That means he'll he'll build off that, and eventually he'll be ready to do those battles for the full main event. And I agree with you. I think he can get a podium by the end. I, and I hope he does. I would love to see it. I think he needs it for his confidence. I like Adam. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I'm, not, I know I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of <laughs> I love, I love Adam, AC. Yeah. Um, like we need Adam. Yeah. The sport needs Adam so bad. Um, sure. Yeah, we, like, we, the sport is built on Adam and Chase. No, I'm joking. But, you know, <laughs> we, do, we, do, like, we need Adam. We need Adam. FXR is designed by racers for racers. With industry-leading fit, finish, and performance, progression is the name of the game. With every new piece created at FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best product possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines and colorways, as well as their snow lines and lifestyle casual wear. Uh, We did get a winner for our FXR giveaway, for our casual giveaway. And that is Ben Taft. Congratulations, Ben Taft. Sent you an email. We will get you some product out. All right, let's talk on the uh, the drama, Lewis, Scotty, oh. from the weekend. We'll, we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. It's been talked about to death. Hayden Deegan, Jordan Smith. Scotty, let's get your outlook because I've heard Lewis's. What what are your thoughts? Do you put anybody specifically at fault? How do you? The, the only weird thing to me is uh, the obvious thing is why in a heat race? It's just like I don't know what they're finding for in a heat race. I think um, – Hayden just kind of got caught up in the moment. He's just been young, having fun. But it wasn't I, only Hayden. I mean, Jordan. No, I, oh, I hadn't. I'm fin- sorry, I hadn't yeah, finished yeah, my point yet. <laughs> my bad. But yeah, I I don't think. Uh, I think Hayden was just kind of having fun, messing around, and I. It just kind of happened, you know. They were charging. They were going back and forth. They were probably having a little bit of fun. Like, okay, haha, you know, yeah, you got me. And then when Hayden kind of. Mm-hmm cut over a little bit and then Jordan Smith got caught on his back and it went down. They were both just going for it and it kind of almost just happened, but I I, I don't know. I to your teammate in a heat race, just kind of the question why pops up. But So yeah, you you missed because you work all weekend, you missed a lot of the 
background, there's there's already there was already beef. There's already problems. I thought they said that there wasn't. They might have said that, but I I think there is. I think there some comments have been made. Lewis, you know a little bit more about it, but yeah, there's there's no love lost between those two going into that moment. I'm so over okay. the <laughs> Deegan Smith talk, um, but I will muster up the energy, Jamie. Well, we don't have to talk um, about it. It's, you guys can go listen to the post no, race, the Vital MX post race show, and hear your your thoughts. I, right, this is my breakdown. First of all, I can't remember what I said on that show because we recorded it at like eight a.m. Sunday morning <laughs> after the race. So I have I see all these tweets about my takes, and truthfully, I do not remember what my take was <laughs> because I hadn't even seen the replay of it. Anyway, um. <laughs> So, now, a few days on. Was Hayden a bit dumb for racing Smith like that? Yes. Was Jordan dumb for running it in on Hayden in a 90-degree turn when Hayden clearly had the line? There was never going to be a pass made there. Yes. Can Hayden be blamed for Jordan not making the main event? No. Um, Can he take 5% of the blame? Sure. But can he be blamed? No. Um... Was it handled the right way in the press conference? No. But did the press do a good job in the press conference? No. Um, is it all being talked about way too much? Yes. I am now officially retiring from any Deegan talk ever because ever it's exhausting. It is exhausting. There like, is. It, I I agree. It's there is too much Hayden Deegan coverage. It's too much. I the. The issue is, this is my biggest issue with this. I feel like no one is debating, uh, fan-wise, taking the media out of it, I feel like no one is debating whether the situation from a racing point of view. It is either people che- people who are for Deegan or people who detest Deegan. So it, there is bias involved. There is no one who is simply looking at it from a racing standpoint. I would love to enter a parallel universe where it was Smith and Jeremy Martin racing like that. Because I think the comments and the reaction would be completely different. I think that's obvious. Um, so that's my biggest issue with it. Is it would be even it's not even like there are diehard Deegan fans and they are battling with diehard Smith fans. Because that isn't the situation. It is just diehard Deegan fans battling with people who detest Deegan. And that's an unhealthy situation because at that point, Deegan is bigger than the sport and the racing, and no one should ever be bigger than the racing. Yeah. Well, I like both those guys. I don't detest either one of them. And honestly, watching it back today multiple times, I put more of the blame on Hayden. Um, yeah, but well, I think this is where something, some things I've said have been confused. When you say the blame, what are you? What is? What are you? Like what situation are you blaming him for? So during the 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 events, the the left hander, I think there was two right handers, then a left hander. Like he cut under and went straight for Jordan instead of trying to stay inside. And then when they took when Jordan went down, it was because Hayden cut over pretty hard to kind of a forty five to make that corner. And they were almost side by side at the time. I feel like he didn't really have the room to do it. Um, and I don't think it was a necessary move at the time. And Jordan was faster. Jordan had caught him, which that doesn't matter. I mean, you're still racing to keep your position. But I feel like Hayden's moves were probably more aggressive and unnecessary than Jordan's were. Oh, yeah. See, I agree with that a million percent. Okay. Um, I, 
I agree with that a million percent. Yeah, of course. I think that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's the issue. Where I think that's where everyone's getting so um, there's so much controversy with this, and everyone's opinions are getting all like angry um, because there are like three individual situations here. Yeah. There is the back and forth in the switchbacks. There is the crash in a ninety degree turn, and then there is the fact that Smith didn't make the main event. Yeah. So yep. everyone is like, so everyone is talking about different things. But no one knows that because those three things are completely separate in my mind. Yeah, because and that's where I think it's getting very confusing and no one's agreeing because everyone's talking about different things without even realizing it. Well, and I think you're right. It does come down to a lot of the positive or negative hype from fans, whether you like him or not. And that's all they're focused on instead of what actually happened and really at this point, I agree. I think we need to move on. It's been talked about enough, but um, they'll they'll figure it out. They'll they'll move on. Race. They're going to race in a, a month or so again. Uh, but the press conference, you brought that up, Lewis, and the handling of that. And again, I've seen the comments on how Hayden. You know, he kind of laughed and said, "Oh, I wasn't really paying attention." I really feel like that was just he wasn't. I don't. In my opinion, Hayden wasn't being cocky or an a hole. He was just probably didn't know what he was really supposed to say and trying to let it blow over and, you know, probably didn't, didn't handle it the proper way. I don't know if you saw uh, Scotty, the press conference. Or the I saw comments, a, but, a snippet of it. But I mean, he's a kid and he was in a weird, uncomfortable position, Lewis, and probably just didn't know what to say. So he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. Just basically saying, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I do remember saying this on early Sunday morning. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't so much focus on what Deegan said because I have to sympathize with him because with the way the question was worded, he was put in a horrible situation. If the question was worded in a very constructive and professional way, then you can judge Deegan's reply. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the question put him in a situation where, yeah, he probably didn't know what to say. And yeah, he did screw up his reply a little bit. It wasn't perfect. But also... The blame can't go 100% on Deegan. It has to go on the interviewer. That is where I've had, this, I've had situations where I'll do an interview with a rider. They'll say the wrong thing. And I have to hold my hands up and go, look, yeah, you, you know what? The way I asked that question, I didn't put you in a position to answer it well. So I have to take some of the blame with that. Yeah. And I think that's the situation with his press conference. Well, and I think you're specifically talking about the David Eisner question, but... When Michael Lindsay, our Michael Lindsay, asked a question, which was worded much more appropriately, Hayden sort of had the same response. He laughed and was like, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. He did sort of follow it up with a little bit better response, but I, I really think the overall thing was he was trying to just not give an answer as best he could because the team probably doesn't want him talking about it. I think, I like, ultimately, Dean didn't sit there and go, yeah, Fuck everyone. Fuck Smith. Who cares? I'm here. I'm here now, and this is my show. Like he didn't say that, right? So, like, if he'd said that, okay, let's get the pitchforks out. But also, like, I don't think what he said really crossed the line. Like it, at the end of the day, it showed a bit of personality. So, like, how much? Like, we all want personality. So, how much can we really get on the guys? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Should Hunter have weighed in? Probably not. But also the guys to speak their mind and stuff so i'm not going to get on hunter for weighing in because you know what you can't have your cake and eat it no and i, li I actually liked hunter weighing in because i thought it again it showed some uh camaraderie and some hey like this is you know he, and he wasn't wrong he said like 
you guys say the old, the 90s and the 80s were more aggressive and blah, 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 and then we do it, and all you do is complain. He's right. That's how it is. You cannot make anybody happy. Uh, no matter what they do, somebody's going to complain. And the thing that Hayden said that I did like was like, look, man, it's a heat race. It doesn't. I, I want to win a heat race just as much as I want to win a main. I want to win races. All right. Hell yeah, Hayden. That's what a racer wants to do. Thank you for being honest, at least in that point. So I, I really I thought that part of his response was noteworthy, personally. If if Smith didn't crash in that 90, does this get blown up to nope. where it is now? No. Definitely not as bad. Um, I still think there's probably we everybody wonders well, what happens back at the truck and I mean, yeah, he was still going to make the main even after that crash and then wadded himself three more times. So, I mean, that's that has nothing yeah. to do with what Hayden did. But everything... But he shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything that we've... That, that, that you guys just discussed is all just a product of what we're seeing and its precedence for what I think was going to be seen in the future. Hayden's the first kid that's gotten to the pros that's been a, a big social media kid that's come from the from YouTube and everything else, and it's just going to be like this a little bit with the hype and anything that happens is under a scope. Anybody involved is going to be, you know, put on a, in that scope as well. And it's just unfortunately or fortunately, it's good for the sport and it's kind of a little bit of a negative thing as well, where it's just precedence for the future of how it's going to come with these kids that have this following, and it's just going to be the way it is. On, on just the way it is, maybe. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, so I'm thinking about that 90 degree incident. Yeah. Um, Deegan did have the wheel. We can agree on that, right? Like he was ahead by a uh, half a bike lane, right? Did he, did, Be, wait, at the same Jordan time, though, down, did he... talking about when Jordan went down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like hey, they were side by side for a moment, and then yeah, Hayden squirted uh, ahead. Yes. I will say he had the wheel, but did he did he cross lines a little bit? I think he did. No, because I don't think that heading into that corner, no one was coming into that corner as tight as Smith was. That's, that's true why too. I say yeah. Deegan, yes. That's why I that's why I say Deegan had the line because Deegan was using the mm-hmm. race line. Um and ultimately the when they tangled, you could see that Smith was behind because Smith tangled with the back end of Deegan's yeah. bike. Yes, if they were side by side, they both would have crashed. He was leaning into the corner and got on the front brake and the front end kind of twitched and made him somewhat high side. Because he was trying to break to avoid Hayden cutting over, which you're right. He, he, nobody else had gone inside like that. So he was in a bad position. But then that's why he clipped the rear wheels because he kind of, he, it, he stood the bike up when he was trying to stop and the front end twitched. Um, also, but I do think that, and I don't know if other people have said this, but you have to put some blame on Smith because he, sure. the, the, the same things apply. Yes, it was just a heat race. So, yes, you are the veteran in this situation. Take a step back and go, wow, I don't know what this kid's doing. He's lost his mind. I'm going to take a step back and attack again in a lapse time. I don't need to make this pass right now. Like, like that's also where I think that um, you can't pile on. Well, you can pile on Deegan, but you can also pile on Smith. I, I agree. What do, you, what do you guys think happens if he does that to someone like Blos or a guy that you know Bowers in past situations, or even a, when he faces a guy like Barsha, how do you think that happens? Anything that goes down with a guy like that, not just on the track, but back in well, the pits, probably the same way. Other than it's not that your teammate. Yeah, I mean that makes it that made it a lot more 
drama filled for Dude. fans and us media. It's like, oh shit, they're also teammates. It adds another element to it a little bit. Can, does, can oh go ahead? Does Jordan run it in in that ninety if it's someone other than Deegan? Or did did Jordan let his emotions get the better of him because he was like, I can't believe my little punk teammate is treating <laughs> me like this. Like here we go. Just a question. Yeah, not an opinion. I would say there's probably a good chance that that added to it. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that being a yeah a little frustration from him. Sure. Um, let's move on. Thank you. Yep, let's move on. Give your ride at Shineback. The Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray is our go-to detailer for all of our bikes. Motul E10 Shine and Go Spray cleans and restores plastic to like new conditions while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. It smells like citrus, which is almost as cool as your garage smelling like race gas. You can find this in the entire Motul Power Sports product lineup at shopmotul.com. Shopmotool.com. Enter that promo code VITAL20 to save 25% or 20% off your order of $50 or more. Go to your local uh, dealership and ask for Motul. A couple more things. Your guy, your buddy, Max Anstey, I haven't actually heard. I think it, he had a, well, he obviously crashed, big crash. He tangled with another rider. I never really figured out who that guy was. You probably know, Lewis. But then he had a mechanical after the injury, after the crash, right? Yeah, well, the bike was just mangled because of the crash. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the bike broke. Because, well, it didn't break, but the bike was screwed because of the crash, um, which is obviously to be expected. Um, yeah, I don't know who the guy was even. He was just Max. The guy, yeah, no one, somehow no one else crashed. So the guy who, jumped, who got wayward and jumped across Max, hitting Max must have, like, stabilized him a little bit. Yeah, I rewatched it today, and I couldn't tell who it was. But, yeah, he basically did the double almost like sideways and then just it saved it. Like he just, yeah, he didn't, he didn't crash, but it was close and he somehow rode out and then yeah, Max was left there. And unfortunately Max, what drops from second to fifth in points, I believe. Yeah. That's um, a tough go. Yeah. Tough. Uh, have you talked to him? How's he feeling? I mean, is he, how's, what's his, what's his uh, mindset like? He's fine. He, he never expected to be in a championship position. Mm-hmm. So, um, everyone saying to him like oh you've lost the championship he's kind of like well i never had the championship or i never expected to have the championship um yeah i think next year he will expect to have the championship now but for this year this was like he didn't know if he was going to get a podium this year he didn't Mm -hmm. know if he was going to get a top five this year like i repeatedly said to him before the season like i think you can win this and he was like no i don't know i don't know i don't know and i was like like so he he never expected to be in this position. So basically, in his mind, like everything is gravy from here, like from here on out. Yeah, and he's only twelve points, I think, down from, uh, or no, I guess he's maybe twelve behind Thrasher. So he's seven points out of third right now. Hayden yes. has forty points. Ansi has forty-seven. So it's certainly not over. And when we get to the showdowns that we talked about, a lot can change. Yeah, if he can get top three in the points, then that would be amazing. Like you got to remember as well, he's going up against a factory Honda and Star Yamaha. So, um, how much can you really expect? I guess. Yeah, couple more things before we wrap this thing up, and I want to tell you guys about Prox. If you guys are doing work on your bike, you need some parts and repair to do some repairs. They're rooted in racing for motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit ProxUSA, 
prox-usa.com to search for parts on your bike and follow Prox Racing Parts on social media. Uh, we have a Moto X Pod show fantasy league. Scotty, I don't know if you've been, are you, I can't remember. Are you playing this year? Yeah, You're no. out. Okay. There is a Moto X Pod show fantasy league. You guys need to join it. We're going to have some prizes at the end for the top three. Two stroke underscore smoke. So two stroke smoke is, uh, still leading. Not by much. So congratulations to him. Hopefully, uh, I'll catch up eventually, but I'm way, way down right now. Lewis, how are you doing in fantasy? Um, 318 at the weekend. Wow. Good for you. Yep. Yep, didn't even. Um, that's with no FFLs, nothing special. That's a that's a core score. Man, that's probably smart. No first to finish lines because I keep grabbing those and well, I, I've been splitting them because I get Hunter, but I won't get whoever my four fifty guy is. I never get. I was going to do Hunter and I backed away from it. And if I had done that, I would have won money in idiots. So oh. I picked myself. Wasn't because the... even even three hundred and eighteen points does not win you money in idiots. Wasn't the uh, the Crazy. FFL this week kind of different? Because it was it was like they got to it really quick. The finish line really quick this race, did they not? Mm-mm. No, I think it was that was maybe nice. a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, it was pretty far in. I think this week. Oh, okay. Um. All right. Last segment of the night: the six D picks for Seattle since its inception almost twelve years ago. Six D helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR-1 to its successor, the ATR-2, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmet. The helmet is the most important piece of the protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 6D Helmets or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Scotty, let's start with you for Seattle. Your, well, your picks for Detroit were Eli Webb and Barsha. None, so, of us, none of us got no, it. We never do. But remember, and I, Lewis, I did this for for our boy. I took I took Chase out and hoped that it would help. I would be wrong and that he would win, and it, it worked. So you can't take any credit because he's Lewis is taking I'm, it all. I'm trying to. I'm giving him credit. Oh, you're giving him. You're giving Lewis the credit. I'm giving the Sexton ship credit. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Seattle, Lewis, uh, Scotty, what are your picks for Seattle? Oh me! Oh, no, sorry, no, I, went, I went to Scotty, I'm, I'm, but he's thinking. Oh. Yeah, sorry, my I don't have a I have a good brain. Dead air is always good. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Cooper. Is that dead air again? No, yeah. I'm, Cooper, Sexton, Plessinger. Oh, okay. How about you? Uh, how about you, Lewis? Uh, Sexton, Cooper, Barsha. Barsha, I like it. I already have mine wrote down. I went Webb, Sexton, Tomac. Yep. But yep. I haven't been right a single time yet. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait for Seattle. I wish I was there. I wanted to go. I would like to be at that event. I'd like to be there with my friend, Lewis. But it will be Lewis. Uh, hey, you know what? Backing up. Indianapolis, by yourself. Camera work. How'd that go? First time running the camera by yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm qualified in photography, Jamie. I've got a certificate and everything. But who who gave you the certificate? Because you were certain, <laughs> certainly not that confident. Through, through no, it was just I. I just had to brush off some of my uh, brush off some of my skills from back in the day. Okay, you didn't I tell me any of this. It. You didn't tell me any yeah, of this in your concerns early earlier in the week. Yeah, I'm qualified in photography. I've actually got. I'm. I'm actually like officially like like college and everything. Wow, I didn't man. There's I learned stuff new about Lewis every week. Mm, I, I'm quite good. <laughs> All right. I want to thank all of our our listeners for listening. I want to thank our guest, uh, Cullen Park, 
and Malcolm Stewart for coming on. We'll get Chris Blows on at another time. I want to thank Lewis and Scotty for coming in. I want to thank all of our sponsors, our presenting sponsors, Racetech and Boyson, Prox, X-Brand, Guts, FXR, 60, Luxon, Motul, and WUSA. Anything before we go, Lewis? Um, nope, I do not think so. Scotty? Just glad to be here. Glad to be here. I'm glad we got through it. I, another stressful start to the show, but I think it came out good. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll probably be a whole new set of stresses, but we're out. Bye.